You know, the thing about living in Gauteng is that when you speak to someone who lives close to the ocean, and Paral is not that close, but it's closer than Gauteng, mm. let's put it that way, means that we get to be jealous and we're not allowed to be jealous because... You know, that's a very Christian and all. So I'll be, I'll put on my, my mature face when I speak to uh, Frank and Johan because they're sitting in paddle at this moment. Hi guys, how are you doing? Hello, Janine. Johan, you weren't always in the Cape. When I met you, you were in Gauteng. Sure, I, I was in Gauteng that time, but I, I actually traveled to Gauteng. So you're official so, so Cape you Tonian. Be, you can be jealous. Yes, definitely. But obviously, I, I was born in Oudsweren. So, so obviously we moved, uh, when I was four years old, we moved to Cape Town. Um, so I know a bit of the Karua and the full Streiser, you know, and all that <laughs> stuff. Uh, but I always, I always tell the people, um, I grew up like on a farm in Oudsoering and that time I got used to the music industry because I, I took the dust off the ground and I kicked it in the air and I took my guitar and I used it as a smoke machine, <laughs> you know, to, to play to the, os- <laughs> to play to the ostriches. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> There's only a Karua people who think that way. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. um, so that gives a little bit of, of your background. Just tell us where you're now, family-wise, because you've got news. Yeah, yeah. so uh, when my wife and I got married last year, um, in September, uh, we went on honeymoon, came back, and then all of a sudden, the baby was uh, was there, you know, and, and the doctor said, well, you guys are pregnant. I'm sorry, it is early in the marriage, but it is what it is. And um, so this weekend, like Friday, that passed now, we um, had our baby girl. And I must say, it's just a joy, but I must say, um, you... You need some sleep, you know, and but it like the joy overshadows everything, you know, and I mean, like there are some hard times and some very good times. And I must say, you must be a chocolate lover if you have children. <laughs> or if you were a chocolate lover, you'll just leave the chocolate. <laughs> yes, yes, right where it is. Uh, uh, Johan, what's her name? Her name is Ellie. So we E-double-L-I-E. And we gave her the name just when we found out uh, Elzani was pregnant. And we didn't actually know that the name actually means that God is my light. So oh. it's, it's just awesome how the Lord works. Beautiful meaning. Oh, well, let's get to know Frank here. Frank is sitting next to him and giving him the first say, very gentlemanly and all of that. But Frank, you've got to introduce yourself now. Give me, give me if, if someone's never met you before and they meet you for the first time and you want them to have the right impression of yourself. What would you say? Uh, well, my name is Frank Furness. I'm from the band Frank and I. I think, uh, yeah, um, I don't know you, man. What's uh, the best thing is just to say, uh, love Jesus, love music, uh, love this guy. And, um, yeah, the rest is history. In a very godly way. In a nutshell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Absolutely. <laughs> no, but tell me, what kind of personality do you have? Are you the quiet type? Do you like people, the hobbies, wife, kids, all of that kind of thing? Yeah, no, definitely. Um, at the moment, uh, no wife, no kids. We're in faith, definitely, uh, one day. But, um, yeah, I love people. Um, I think I'm a little bit more reserved, uh, but I can also speak. I, I really like to, uh, especially if God lays something on your heart, but I think I'm definitely more the quiet one in the occasion, uh, the thinker. Um, but, uh, but, uh, yeah, in a nutshell, but I love people. I love interacting with people. Um, it's, uh, that's pretty much what I do if I don't make music. And, um, yeah, love chocolate, but not <laughs> that kind of chocolate. But Janine, you must know that the band's name is Frank and us. You must know that 
there's a reason why it's Frank and I because I speak the whole time. Ah, so I okay. speak the whole time ah. about Frank and I are doing this and Frank and I are going to go on this tour and everything. So <laughs> The thing is, when you become official, especially a band, the, the whole band thing, it does test a friendship, you know, when you, when you get on the road and you start having all of the challenges that band life brings and you're living out of a suitcase, blah, 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 all of the rest of that. How did you guys, and I'm going to ask this, Johan, how did you guys officially become the, a band? That's more than just jamming together when, when you take the responsibility of a name together. Sure. So, Janine, I think the calling that we have is definitely ministry and in a certain way and a very wise way. And, and we feel like the Lord has called me and Frank, uh, you know, for a specific calling to reach the lost and obviously not to really preach to the choir, but to preach to the world and to really save the lost, you know. And I think um, when I met Frank, the Lord did a lot of groundwork. Um, we didn't actually touch the guitars and everything. We were just doing ministry work where the Lord wanted to to really, I mean, Frank was in full-time ministry before I met him. So he did a lot of groundwork, like went to the informal settlements, gave word to the people, prayed for the people, you know, a real disciple lifestyle. And when I met Frank, um, I obviously joined that lifestyle and joined the whole disciple lifestyle. I didn't understand what a disciple really is until I met Frank, because uh, for me, um, discipleship was a thing you wherever you have the opportunity, wherever you get invited, you, you share the gospel. And, you know, the Lord wanted me to be a disciple every day, not just Saturdays, not just Sundays, not just when I'm on stage, or where, like behind the scenes as well. So we were like for four years, we didn't make any music, uh, almost didn't make any music. And then we just, you know, after four years, we just started again and we just felt the Lord is releasing us into the industry and uh, you know what's interesting? When it's the Lord's timing, everything is much easier. It doesn't feel like you're walking against the current, but it feels like um, you're walking with the Holy Spirit and the Lord prepares people's hearts for the ministry opportunities that you get invited to. So um, so I think when we actually became a band, it's actually um, end of last year um, and beginning of this year. So so we were together for five years and actually just in the, the last year we became a band. But then why did you decide, let's make this official, when you could have just gone on to minister without a name, Frank? <laughs> well, um, we've, um, both Johan and myself, we have uh, music backgrounds. We, we called for the music industry specifically. Uh, I mean, I was a session guitarist before that, and Johan, uh, we both had our careers. And it's just for a season, you know, sometimes God, um, he tests your heart um, to see what it's all about, and, and then he take something away for just a little bit and he and he did this just to test our hearts but he's releasing us again into the music industry which i believe it's is our primary calling because we want to reach as many people as possible in that industry because if you can make an impact in the music industry your reach is so big to reach people for the lord um so it, we we're just coming back to our roots because i think that's our first calling is in the music industry you know, the reason why we, we decided to become a band is to, we, we trust the Lord that he will open up the opportunities for us to sing on other platforms as well, like worldly platforms. And if you say that you're a worship team, people don't invite you if it's like a, just a normal festival. They invite you if it's just a gospel festival. So our hearts is to preach and really uh, sing the message, to bring the message through our songs uh, on worldly platforms as well, to reach the lost people because we feel there's no more there's no more time left to waste, you know, so we need to reach that people. That's why we made it a, band and that's why it's not just the ministry
Mm. You got to know who you are if you want to go into the world. If you want to stay on normal stages and still be boldly who you are, you better know and have confidence that what you have to mm. say is worth saying and worth hearing, even if people don't agree with you. So, Frank, you, um, Johan just yeah. said that you'd been in ministry even before you became friends. Um, so I'm wondering... Many people become Christians, and that means they go to church, and they do a little here, and they do a little there. But to have a passion to actually go into uncomfortable places where it actually costs you to go, that is a, that's a hard shift. So I want to know, how did you get to know Jesus in the first place, and how did he convince you that his cause was something to get all passionate about? Uh, well, Janine, I grew up in a place called Tilbach. It's about 40 minutes from Paul. Um, and I had a supernatural encounter with the Lord when I was 16. Um, I grew up in the Enfield Church there, and there was a little bit of a revival. You know, people got healed and all that. Um, and so my life got changed completely. But then I went into the music industry. I studied music. Um, yeah, we we got a, a record deal 2007, and then the Lord asked me to walk away from it. Um, and then he, he just kind of uh, showed me that it's not about uh, our dreams you know sometimes our dreams can become an idol but it's all about his kingdom um, and his kingdom is reaching people and a lot of times um, we are stuck in comfort zones um, we don't want to you know um, we don't want to go even into a squatter camp because of x y and z but um, I've, I've come to realize that uh, God's heart is really with the poor with the needy with the broken with the hurt and um, and if you really want to want to feel God's love, you want uh, you to cross that, that um, comfort zone thing because that sometimes I think the comfort zone keeps a lot of Christians um, away from God's fullness. And it's also to test your heart. God is a tester of hearts. So sometimes before he releases you into your promised land, before you cross the Jordan, he takes you through a desert and um, uh, just to, to test you. Um, he's not a, and, and, and th- that desert and that fire sometimes it purifies what's ever going on in your heart. And it, um, you know, because sometimes we have dreams and sometimes it is from, from the Lord, like Joseph. I mean, he had a dream, but, uh, there was a lot of pride. There was a lot, <laughs> there was a lot of arrogance and, um, and the Lord had to take him to one or two stuff to teach him humility and compassion because by the time he got to Pharaoh, um, he had compassion because he went to a lot of hardships. Um, so he was the right guy um, uh, to be in control of the um, food supplies of the world in that famine. And so that's why sometimes the Lord will give you a promise or a vision, but he will take you through um, fires and deserts to purify that gold in your heart. And, and I think that's why uh, that's a very long way to answer your question. But um, but I hope it uh, yeah I hope I answered. <laughs> I must ask you because obviously James one says it's basic Christianity to be involved and to look after and care for the widows, the orphans, and the poor. Um, but to go there the first time, you say now God takes you out of your comfort zone, but it always takes the first step, isn't it? The first time you decide this is where I go. Can you still remember uh, how you decided and practically how you went about going out to the poor um, someplace you haven't gone before? Yeah, no, for sure. Um, that was in 2002. I was in Stellenbosch still studying. And I asked the Lord, I want more of him. You know, I was like the whole time I was asking, I want more of the Holy Spirit. I want to hear his voice. And then the next moment I heard, I, you know, not heard, I, I like felt this strong feeling and this urge. 
um, to go into Kaya Mandi um, and just to tell people that Jesus loves them. And every single day that, that it was like this very strong urge and, and I was battling with it. You know, the first time I went into Kamandi, I wanted to run away. I wouldn't, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's not a nice, it's not a nice place. Um, and, uh, you know, and then the poverty to the, you know, everything, you know, because those people are shame. They're, they're in really in a bad situation. And, um, and I wanted to run away. Quite frankly, I didn't want anything to do with squatter camps and then. Uh, the more I spent time in prayer, the more the Lord told me, go back and minister to those guys and tell them I love them. And eventually, a lot of people um, gave, gave their heart to Jesus. But I think I was, I was the person that benefited the most because uh, sometimes we're so stuck in a, in a you know, suburban comfort zone and um, God's love for the people is strong. And, um, but we need to get out there. We need to share that love because um, a lot of times we just want to stay in church because it's a, it's a nice, comfortable, warm place. But food is copies, you know, like and, and the Lord. And you can never grow spiritually if you, if you stay in that place of being a food is copy. But the moment it is in, I believe it's in giving that we receive. So the moment you give of yourself and you take up your cross and you follow Jesus and you die to yourself, you start to grow spiritually. Johan, I want to get to you and your baby because not one person can ever explain to you what it feels like to hold your own child in your arms. And it's such a revelation of how God feels as a parent. The intensity of his emotions towards us, his children, um, is this revelation when you hold your own little, cute, beautiful daughter in your arms. Was it a, was, were you surprised at what it felt like to become a daddy? So, you know, I think at first I didn't really, nobody can prepare you for, for having a child. There's no, nobody can actually explain the fullness of how it feels until you have your own child. And for me, in the beginning, it was just, you know, to see her face. And I, I still remember, you know, I still remember when, when the baby was out. And, and, you know, that there's a time where, where they, gave, they give the baby to the, to the dad. And the dad has that bonding time, like, for five minutes with the baby on his chest and everything. And I could still remember um, holding her in my hands. And she was so tiny. And she was looking at me, uh, but almost like straight through me, you know. And... There was something that really set a light in my heart in a sense where God is amazing how he can just make a baby um, just like that in nine months. And it's basically like your some of your DNA also like in the baby and, and how, how the Lord really created this amazing child. But I must also say that, you know, there was a sense of responsibility that came to my heart in a sense. You know, when you're in a relationship or, a, or a, you know, in a marriage, um, you get frustrated with each other, you know, because like sometimes you feel like, but why didn't you do that? Why did... So you get frustrated, but the child feels it, you know, and it, it just gave me such a revelation, you know, how to live in the fruits of the spirit. Because if you, if for one instance, leave that responsibility of you just let yourself go and you get frustrated or you get mad, or it, it influences that baby, you know. And for me, it was just when I held it in my hands, I, I knew God was calling me into more self-control, into much more in the fruits of the Spirit because uh, she looks up to me. And, you know, so so it was just in two ways it was amazing. But in another way, I felt so much responsibility on my shoulders from that day onwards. And I feel like I had to repent because I felt like, why do I only see this now? Meaning people that you walk, that you live with every day or that, that sees you 
why must you only start living in the fruit? I did live in the fruits of the spirit, but why, why must we only start focusing on that when we have a child, you know? So that really woke me up. God really, in this birth and pregnancy, God really gave me a lot of revelation. And one person said, you know, you can never really truly understand God's love until you, you love a child and until you have that relationship with your child. And I must say, it's also weird because uh, a lady or, or a woman, they start bonding with the child from, the, uh, from after the first month when their heartbeat starts coming and everything. They start bonding with the child. And the moment the child gets born, then the dad encounters the child for the first time. So it, it, Janine, it was just a weird experience, but it was it was amazing. Today, when I settle in with this with this new baby of ours, and you know, every time I see her, and when she pulls her face, you know, baby has like a thousand emotions in one minute. You know, <laughs> so when she pulls her face and everything, it's just it's just so sweet. And and you know, what's the 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 amazing part of 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 Ellie is that she looks just like her mom. So I'm very glad. Yeah, you want to be the dad that she deserves. Yes, definitely, definitely. Well, I can't believe the time is over so far. So we got to get to wake up. We've got to get to the song and you, you're planning a tour and also you inviting people to actually send you clips and everything like that. Frank, what's that about? So, Oh, yeah, um, we're planning to go the 15th of August. We're planning to um, uh, do an in two tour all schools and then uh, coming back for about four days and God willing, then doing an in one tour. Yes. Um, and then we want to hit the schools and just um, and really uh, encourage the schools and, and go and minister in the schools. Um, so, yeah, so if, uh, if there's a school that wants us to come and play there, definitely contact us. Um, we believe that this is an interesting time in the world and we have a, we have a gap um, to positively influence um, the youth of our nation because obviously they're the leaders of tomorrow. So if one can can positively send them in the right direction, this is this is definitely yes. the time. And we also we also want the schools that the reason like when we go to school, we want the schools to participate in like almost like a talent competition. The reason why is we want uh, the the message we want to bring when we arrive at the schools and when we sing there is to never lose hope. And uh, we know like from a young age when the Lord called us for music, uh, we know that it was it looked impossible for us to really reach what what the Lord has for us. And that's why we, we're wanting to do a talent competition as well, to give the children the opportunity uh, to, to really, you know, showcase the talent that God gave them on the stage. We want them to form part of the evening by, uh, by singing and dancing and playing their instruments as well. So we take like uh, everywhere we go, like say we go to a town like Kalidon, wherever, we target like four to five schools and we, we do a competition with them that, that we, we choose one out of each school to um, the best out of each school to sing that evening with us. Um, to just feel how it feels like to sing on a on a stage with nice sound and nice lights and everything. So we just want to encourage the children as well, and then we want to end the evening off with with a set of five to six songs of ours, and then and then we want to share the gospel. We want to share our story. So we want just want the whole community to come, and that's how we're going to draw them as well. And then, how do you choose them? So so basically, um, they take one of our songs, wake up. And they must make a video of them singing, uh, singing the song, like the chorus or whichever part of the song, and or playing guitar or dancing on it. Whatever their talents are, they they use their talent to do whatever they want to with the song. Then they make a video of of them doing the song, and then they tag us in the video. And then we would choose, and then they must just tag their school as well. And then we choose from each school. We choose the best act out of each school. Nice. Let's talk about wake up. So, of the two of you, or did you write that one together? 
Yeah, definitely. Um, we were actually, um, we, we did a little bit of a different approach. We started the, the production of the song uh, before we wrote the actual song. So we sat uh, in front of the computers and everything and we started to produce. And after, yeah, after the production was pretty much done, uh, the lyrics and the melody and every, everything came. So it was a little bit of a different approach, but uh, we're very excited about the song. Yeah? Okay. Yes, definitely. So- Tell, tell me what this now, if, if people listen to the song now, what do you want them to hear? What's the message? Well, the message is definitely the body of Christ to, to wake up in, in the same sense what Frank just spoke about earlier. You know, the Lord speaks to us every day. You know, the Holy Spirit doesn't keep quiet. He speaks to us every day. And sometimes I'm a victim of not listening to the Holy Spirit's voice every day, you know. And then I must repent at the end of the day. Because the Lord has a lot in store for all of us. And we're reaching the end times uh, in a sense, not like I'm not a guy that gives dates and everything. That's not me. But I know there's an urgency in the spirit to reach the lost people and and also to see God's fullness in the revival coming. And the only way we're going to see that is to listen to his voice every day. I mean, I cannot even explain how many miracles happened in my life and Frank's life after we've listened to the Holy Spirit's voice and was obedient. So it's just for the body of Christ to know that God speaks to us and we must open our spiritual ears and be awake because um, we pray for breakthrough every day and we ask the Lord to bless us financially or to really come through for us with a new job. But if we're not obedient in every step we do, uh, we can delay that breakthrough because God will maybe tell you, go and speak to that person, just go and speak to that person, you know, and then you speak to them and then the breakthrough comes. Um, So it's just for the body of Christ to wake up in the season uh, in which we are now but also to know that, you know, in a, in a weird sense, it's actually uh, the, the chorus is very straight to the point. Wake up, sweet child, you know, but the verses are God really loves us. And that's why he wants us to wake up because he wants us to follow his voice. If people want to connect with you guys, social media and all of those, where do they go? I think uh, all the social media platforms, they can reach us, uh, Instagram, Spotify, Facebook, and all that. So our number is on our Facebook page. We have an Instagram page. We have a TikTok page. We don't dance on the TikTok page, but we have a TikTok page. Like every platform you can think of, except we're not so active on Twitter. And that would be under Frank and with a little and sign and I. Frank, all the words are spelled out, Frank and I. Oh, you see, I would have missed it. Frank and I written out and then you find the guys.